Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub and start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Fatback 4 Daily, sponsored by Paddy Power. Tonight I am delighted to have back with me Jim Fishlock. He's been away for a little bit, but he's back now. He has a beautiful kitchen, let's all be honest about it. <laughs> and, um, but Jim, I wanted to get into, and I'm trying to get a couple of people on, on, on different shows to talk about this. And it's uh, not only the Premier League, it's it's football in general across Europe and where you see it go next. Um, you know... People would have seen that the social media and the build up to this on 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 Instagram and and Twitter and stuff like that, where I've I've mentioned La Liga, um, you know, Ligue 1 in French in France, I you know, um, the Scottish divisions, the EFL, Serie A, the Bundesliga, and I just want to go through them nearly one by one, um, to just discuss the decisions that's being made, um, with regards to the leagues, what they're looking to do in the future, and I'm going to preface it all with. Look, I know how serious the whole situation is with COVID-19. Um, people are unwell, people have died, you know, people are still cocooning and stuff like that, especially the elderly. But I just want to look at it from, I suppose, a, a football, just a, a straight down the line football um, point of view. Jim, I want to start with Holland, Belgium, and, and then a little bit further on France. So Holland and France make make the decision. Um and Belgium, I think, are forced. I think you said that mm. earlier, they're forced. So Belgium and Holland, if we take them both together, um, neighbouring countries, they both make the decision fairly early on that their leagues are not going to finish. Um, Holland, I know, as things stood, that's the way the league was and there was no champions declared. Um, Belgium, I think, was the same and I think mm. Bruges were, were, were uh, champions. When when you look at that, um, you know, we'll talk about Scotland later, who, if they were going to do it, why didn't they do it earlier? But do you feel that these two countries... 
jumped a little bit too early and maybe looking at things going, well, if you look at how bad Italy were affected, uh, mm. Fran- um, you know, Italy, Spain were affected, the UK at the moment, and they're still looking to push the leagues through and get it done. Were you a little bit surprised that, that they went this early? Um, I think without sort of knowing the exact um, implications that they would have had in their country in terms of um, keeping everybody safe, I think it was it's hard to know, but I think when it comes to to particularly making decisions like this, obviously, I think sometimes the sooner you make a decision and go with it, the easier it is in the long term. So mm. they've made that decision. They've got plenty of time ahead of them before they can look into starting a new season. There's plenty of time and plenty of scope for if any of the other clubs weren't happy with the decision to say, um, move forward with any legal challenges, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I suppose it just puts an end to any sort of speculation and the constant um, back and forth, which is like what we're having in this country now. Um, so I think overall, you know, COVID-19 isn't going to be something that's ever going to just disappear off the face of the earth, you know, from one day to the next. So there's always going to be, particularly probably for the next 12 to 18 months, remnants of it in all our lives in terms of social distancing and, and things you can and can't do. Um, so I think in many ways, making that decision earlier rather than later, it's probably going to stand those particular leagues and those countries probably in, in better stead, I would have thought, moving forward. Would it have been a case that, you know, Holland uh, and Belgium, the TV money and the losses to them um, in comparison to, say, the, the English Premiership was something that, was looked at and thought now it's probably big money to them um yeah. let's be honest about it when you look at it as a ratio compared to what the english clubs get but is it something that the government's looked at and said no it's it's something we can probably support the clubs with if they lost their tv money and this is for the greater good or, or did the governments just go no we're not taking sport into consideration we're not taking anything into consideration this is just out of order now it's 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 non-negotiable uh call a halt with now and we'll deal with the situation later i think probably a combination of both gav um because i think in those in those particular countries and sort of the way the governments and i'm sure the football clubs are run it's probably a collaborative thing a lot of the time a lot of the decisions are done um together whereas if you look in this country um you know particularly in the premier league you've got the you know there's about seven or eight clubs in the league which very financially strong, um, lots of sponsorship, however they're getting that money, you know, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, they sort of run run the show um, and the Premier League is left to, to run it run itself. Um, you even had the government in this country calling for footballers to, to, you know, to be docked wages or, you know, take pay cut, et cetera, et cetera, to help fund sort of um, the NHS and things like that, which is only obviously going to cause animosity between the two parties, which you know, I don't suppose you have that in, in any of the countries, particularly not um, Belgium and Holland. So I suppose overall it is more a collaborative thing. Um, certainly financially, they're not going to be, the clubs in, the, in those two countries are not going to be um, desperate for the, the TV money to the extent that the clubs are in this country. Um, because as you can see, with League Two and League One, and even the Championship, um, clubs are run, well, they're not run well, are they? Let's be honest. If the figures that are coming out that you see on a daily mm. basis for these football clubs, they are literally living on a, from day to day. Um, yeah. And something like this is just going to cause absolute chaos with, with a lot of football clubs. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like I, I'm looking at it now. I, I believe Belgium just said as they stand 
we're, we're, we're keeping that as they stand yeah. and they've declared Brewers champions and whoever else is in the European spots and relegation and stuff like that. They've nailed it. Um, they've nailed their very definitive colours to that a very definitive mast early on. But when you look at Holland, they declared no champions. They declared literally it's it didn't exist. Mm. Um can you see an issue for Dutch clubs when it comes to around to because from what I'm reading, um, UEFA are determined to finish Europa League and Champions League, whether that is in one particular place over yeah. the course of X amount of time. They are determined to get this finished. And if seeing that happen, um, you know, would Dutch clubs or the Dutch FA would be looking on I hope they don't finish that because they're then in the same boat as us. And they can't do anything to us next season. Could they turn to the Dutch and say, well, look, nobody qualified for Europe. There was no definitive answer in Europe. Yeah. So we can't let you enter in. No, I'm not, I'm not 100% clued up on the rules. I haven't gone and read a real book. But for me looking at it, I, I would think that, look, UEFA can be quite a petty organization when it mm-hmm. wants to be. All right. Yeah. So if they're looking at it and they're going, this is their flagship tournament. Um, and, you know, Holland are ranked wherever in the coefficient. Surely yeah. somebody further down the coefficient will be pushing you over to say, well, we finished their leagues. You can't let them in when they didn't finish and nobody qualified. And we're still on the outside of the of the of this small circle of, of elite clubs, let's be honest with you, when it comes to Champions League in particular and to a lesser extent Europa League. Could Holland be in trouble here? I think so. And I think that that's, that's the difficulty that, that obviously, you know, this is... A, a situation which nobody ever envisaged. No, no, no football club chairman. No, um, you know, chairman of uh, UEFA, FIFA. Nobody like that. Nobody would have thought something like this was going to ha- ever happen. But I think what you're looking for is, and it's very difficult, obviously, because every league has, has different um, financial financial um, implications. Every league has different different rules and regulations to a certain extent. But yeah. what you're looking at is if if they go if one league says let's knock it on the head and let's leave it as it is. Whoever's top wins the league, whoever's bottom gets relegated. You're looking for uniformity. So you're asking every other club or every other league that, that knocks their league on the head to do the exact same thing. Um, yeah. Because, it's, you know, you can just, it's so easy there moving forward. If you're going to have the Champions League in, in European football next year, if you're going to use the previous season's qualifications, um, then obviously, that you know, it's easier to do that if the league has, has, has been ended and positions come. If you're looking at what's happened in Holland, are they going to ask UEFA to take last season's final places? Um, how's that going to work? Is that going to open a can of worms um, for other leagues to say, well, actually, we want to be treated from the previous season's qualify, you know, finishing places in the league? I, I don't know. Um, but certainly, I think Holland could find themselves, like you say, UEFA could quite easily turn around and say, um, Listen, we're not going to accept any Dutch um, clubs into the, any competitions this season. Um, but the issue is then, what do they do the following season? Because the, whichever league comes in to replace them, are they going to just be kicked out after one season? What if, you know, what if whichever league takes the Dutch league's place? What if the, a team from that league does accept it really well in the Europa League, Europa league or the Champions League? And the coefficient rises and reduces yeah. the amount of spots for Holland. Exactly. Yeah, like like Kieran says on the chat, Holland is the most densely populated country in Europe. That may have influenced the decision. Oh no, listen, I, I fully believe that the government just, uh, you know, there may have been discussions with the Dutch FA. I believe there is, but I, they must have been very, very um, one-sided discussions. And, and what I mean by that is, one day it was like, we're not too sure, the next day it was gone. 
you know, mm. the kind of way. Um, like, then you look to France. I agree with you. I Just on Holland, Belgium, uh, somebody says there they only had two or three games left and he got Kieran again and he said he couldn't yeah. understand what he just couldn't wait a, a while, come back and play two or three games and it would have been all done and dusted and you'd be fine. There would be no ifs, buts or maybes about it. Uh, I agree with you. I think Holland may find difficulties when it comes to, to European competitions next season because they haven't declared anything. The, it's like declaring... You know, it's like not declaring any accounts and looking for tax back. It just doesn't yeah, work, does it's, it? It's um, it? No, it doesn't. So, you know, moving on to France. So France take the decision. And it's it's interesting, you know, France, Belgium, Holland, they're all in it, you know, on the map. They're all very close to each other. But France take the decision that they're going to cancel the season. Um, of course, you know, every every Premier League fan that isn't a fan of Liverpool thought this is great because this is a major, <laughs> major league that's going to mm. cancel null and void and, and the English FA will follow suit. Null and void was never on the table. Um, I think that's fairly clear because of the money. The money is absolutely yeah. monstrous in England. But when you look at France, France declared, no, the season's over. Um, and we have, the, I think they had three options at the time. Um, there was a point per game. There was a weight, weighted points per game. Mm. And then there was just leave it as a stance. They've declared PSG champions. They've declared whoever Marseille in the Champions League spot yeah. and, and other clubs. They've gone down the same route as Belgium. For France, I think I think I read somewhere it's something like three hundred million a year or three hundred and fifty million a year for TV money for the league, which isn't sound an awful lot, but it's a lot of money for a lot of yeah. French clubs. When you look at them, did did they wait for you? Did they acquire the required or the or the sensible amount of time and then say, No, listen, this is what we're going to do. We're going to call it here. But again, you have teams that, you know, feel they could have got out of relegation or feel that they could have broke into a Champions League spot and now they're robbed of that. I suppose I'm asking, is there any chance that French clubs could turn around between now and the start of next season and, and put in some sort of objection to what happened in the league a lawsuit bring it to Cass I don't know because of what's being done do you think France waited enough time well I think France were, were quite severely hit weren't they with um, with with cases of, of COVID-19 at, at one point I think they were you know it was, it was pretty serious over there um, so I think you know as with anything when you when you're looking to close down amenities and close down um, you know the, the way of, of, of the, the, the lifestyle of the French people or, or whichever country we're talking about to such a degree, which we have done, then football is a part of that. Uh, and not just football, but every sport, rugby, cricket, uh, you know, any sport, hockey, ice hockey, you name it. It's all been stopped. Um, I think obviously football for us, because it is is the, it is the sport and, and the, the teams mm. that we, we support, etc. Um, it is the biggest thing. And yeah, it does have a big impact financially on the economy um, for all the countries involved. But ultimately, and it, it is frustrating for those teams that wanted to, to get out of relegation, for example, or, or get into European places, challenge for to titles, etc. Unfortunately, sometimes, and very, it very rarely happens, stuff happens which is more important than football. Um, and that's what's happened with yeah. this. So I think, yeah. you know, the French the French FA, they made the right decision. Um, you know, I know we'll talk about England, but I think the reality is, you so many games into a season, you know, every league is at, at least three quarters complete. Um, and where you are after three quarters of, of the season in any competition is, is a good indicator as to where you're going to be when it finishes. Um, mm-hmm. Might not be 100% correct. 
you might go up one or two spaces, you might end up finishing one or two spaces lower down. And I know you're talking about money and relegation, etc. But unfortunately, the league has to finish. Um, no league is, is or should be called none and void. They should find a way to finish it. And if by calling it as it is, as it stands now, if all the teams have played equal games, then I think calling it as it is, is fair enough. Um, so I think the French have made the right decision. Um, and probably they could have made it a little bit sooner, but I'm glad they haven't let it drag on any longer, you know, like some of the other leagues that we're going to go on and talk about. Mm. Well, just moving on, and I want to put La Liga and Serie A together. From what I can make out, I think La Liga is trying to get back, I think somewhere around the 25th of June. I think Serie A is a little bit before that. I could have that the wrong way around, but they're both looking to get back, you know, um, small group training, leading mm. on to full training, leading on to They're games. training in Spain now, aren't they? Yeah, I think it might be Spain or a little bit ahead of La Liga, um, of Serie A as opposed to the other way around. I could have them mixed up. But uh, these two are surprising to me. You know, mm. the, like we, we talk about the French League and the Bundesliga and the Bundesliga is back and we've gone through that and it's been talked to death and we've seen games over the weekend at empty stadiums and social distance celebrations and all mm. sorts of stuff. But these two are the ones that surprised me the most because the Germans look to have a handle on COVID-19 from very early on. Yeah. Um, now, I'm not saying the numbers weren't, weren't bad. They were, but compared to other countries, they, they weren't, you know, the kind of way in comparison. But when you look at Spain and then in particular Italy, yeah, with, I'm very surprised. We're an area, we're a country that was ravaged by this, mm. like uh, in particular the northern part of Italy. You know, these two were always the 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 the, the markers for me because I thought, listen, if these two call it off and do what France done, I think although the money is massive in England, I think it might shift opinion. You know, and maybe you know. England don't want to be stand there as the, the last major um, European league to say, well, we're still going. And you look at what's gone on across Spain and across Italy. But surely this this is where I'm leading into money. Oh, I'm being honest with mm. you, uh, Jim. Yeah. This is where I'm leading into money because Spain's TV money is dominated by Real Madrid and Barcelona. Yeah. And over the last couple of years, we've heard about Barcelona having to may have to sell a player to, yeah. to buy a player or they're buying players no one knows where they're getting the money from. Real Madrid um, spend money hand over fist they have a massive, massive wage bill and they continue to build squad after squad and again, people would ask questions about their financial viability. This would have been massive to, yeah. to Real Madrid and Barcelona in particular and today I've seen a statement from Malaga where they've made um, mm. people redundant because yeah. they, they simply can't survive on what, what's now nearly what would it be two and a half months um, without yeah. football and yeah. they would they would be at the lower scale of the TV money in Spain and they can't even survive to wait to get back you know what I mean mm -hmm. um, this is where money kicks in though isn't it um, it's, it's one of those where everything's been being thrown out on the table and it's basically Real Madrid or Barcelona or, or Letigo or, or Valencia or whoever it is saying, listen, we have to finish this because we are in serious, serious trouble if we don't yeah. get this done. Yeah, and I think, you know, that that's the reality of it in these countries is that, you know, the financial implications of not finishing these football these seasons and getting these football matches on telly um, is going to have just the biggest impact. Um, you know, like we've said before, you know, you look at the, the football league in this country, League Two has knocked it on the head. Um, League One probably going to end up doing the same. Um, championship clubs, you know, so close. 
Um, look how quickly a few of the Premier League teams, I was included, look to, to, to you know use the furlough scheme. Um, you know, you're talking about massive Premier League football clubs mm. um, looking to take advantage of that. Anything to try and, and save save some cash. So if you are completely reliant to to make your 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 wage bill, to make your utility bill, do you know what I mean? To make sure there's you know the kitchen's got food to cook for the players, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and this the TV money that does that because every other penny spent on on wage bills and, and so on. Uh, sorry, yeah. on the football on signing players, etc. Then you know anything anything that disrupts that is going to cause chaos. Anything at all, um, and and you, like you said, Gav, we all know about Real Madrid and, and Barcelona. Um, they seem to have a, a never-ending supply of money. Nobody knows where exactly it's coming from. Mm. Again, it's going to have a massive impact on them because both those teams. You look at them; they need a lot of um, money thrown at them. Again, you know they need a regeneration of players. Um, probably both teams need about four or five different players to improve the the, the side. Where they're going to get that money from? Then you know they're going to need. It to come in from somewhere, and it's going to be the TV money for this season, and obviously any any money they get for next season again. So, yeah, it's, it it always comes back to that, unfortunately. It, it really does, and and I think while people are concentrating on this season, and you know, I've said it a couple of times, in particular with the Premier League, they need to get a finish because I, I think there's well in excess of a billion um, whole creative yeah. if this doesn't get finished on the pitch because you know TV money TV companies buy a product they don't buy a product of what you know where a computer mm-hmm. make, calculates points per game and tells you who wins the league mm-hmm. you know if they did they'd plough all their money into football manager um, but you know like talk just 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 to stay on Barcelona and Real Madrid for a minute it's not only the TV money and this goes across Europe I suppose to all the big clubs as well like sponsorship you know, sponsors, yeah. you know, like take for argument's sake, just looking in the, in the Premier League, the Emirates Stadium, yeah. you know, now the Etihad Stadium is a different issue because it's yeah. Man City and when we know what way that goes. But even you look at the Emirates Stadium or I think Bournemouth are sponsored by, by a company, aren't they, for their, for yeah, their stadium rights and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so when, when it comes down to that, it's all that sort of stuff. You yeah. know, it's, it's, Listen, we have uh, standard chartered. It's not on a, we, we don't see it every week. So why are we paying? Every, every home game is is gate receipts, is um, yeah, merch- absolutely merchandise, and it's advertising around the pitch. It's advertising on all the shirts. It's advertising on all the training kit. You name it. It's all about getting money. Um, mm. It's all about improving the revenue for football clubs. And like you say, um, nobody's seeing it. I, I, you know, I can't remember the last time I seen a Western Union advert or, or anything no, like that. Anyway, but this is what I'm saying because I'm not watching. I'm not watching Liverpool. Exactly, um, and, uh, and and that's the same and, for everyone, isn't it? And uh, yeah, exactly. And it's the knock-on effect. It's not only your your TV money or your, yeah. uh, you know, and and then and then if you don't finish right, or you finish on the points per game, or the, the Premier League after losing all that money can't afford to hand you out your prize-winning money. For winning yeah, the league, exactly. or coming second, or coming toward, and it's big money. It's big, yeah. big money for for where you finish, and then there's the TV money on top of it. And obviously, you get bonuses for the amount of time you're on the table. Well, it's not just that and as well. It's, um, are they going to have to refund the money? Because I think then the TV money get paid up front. I I think it does. Yeah, over. What do they get I, it in instalments? I think they get it in season. It does a five year deal, but they okay. get it at the start of every season. So okay. they, like clubs have obviously budget for this and are probably using it to pay the players right now 
Um, yeah. And then you turn around and go, well, listen, we're not finishing, and the TV want their money back, yeah, and yeah. they're gonna get, they're gonna get hit next season anyway because the TV money or the TV yeah. companies are going to look to renegotiate during this summer and say, listen, you're not gonna have a fan in a stadium till probably, in my estimation, February or March next year. So we're we're not actually getting the product, you know. Yeah. So we want X amount back, and there you go. A budget that's being hit already because you've done points per game is now being hit again because there's no one in the stadium. And against that, you're not selling anything in the club shop. You're not selling yeah. tickets. You're not, and you're refunding people's season tickets. It all goes on, but it the the money money absolutely talks. But just looking a bit close to home, you know, with regards to the Premier League, um, Scotland. So mm. Scotland, a couple of weeks back, I think called called a halt to League Two and League One. I think um, it might have been the three divisions actually, the Championship, League One, and League Two in in Scotland. And there was teams that were literally could have got out of relegation. Like I think it was was a party thistle yeah. with a point off safety and, and ended up going down again. Um I don't I don't know if they're putting in some sort of thing against that. But the Scottish Premier Division announced yesterday, I think it was, that the league is now finished. They I think they've done the points per game and Celtic ran out winners, I think they were thirteen points clear or something like that. Yeah. Um before before it ended and that's their ninth league title in a row and, and stuff like that. But did this one surprise you, Jim? Because it surprised me. And I'm not saying that the, the TV money for Scotland that I think Sky usually mm. take is huge. I think BT no. do a bit as well. But yeah. it wouldn't be huge. But it'd be, it'd be quite big to, to, to probably... It's big to them. It's big to be, them. It would be big to... It yeah. How many... Is there 12 teams? There's 12 teams in the, in the Scottish Premiership. It's probably big to 10 of them. Um, but... Again, did this surprise you? Like, because you know, we're talking about Germany, Holland, and yeah. Fra- um, sorry, Germany, um, and Holland and yeah. France were, that are quite close together geographically. And then you look at what the what we think the the Premier League is trying to do, and of course, just north of the border of Scotland. Mm. Did it surprise you that they done that, being so close to the to the to the Premier League and walking probably under the same restrictions and stuff. Did it surprise you that they, they, they went and, and pulled the plug on this? I think it's it surprised me more because um Hearts were the team that got relegated, to be honest mm. with you. Um because you know they are they've been terrible this season um and should have been relegated. But mm. they in Scottish football terms, they're quite a big club. Yeah. Um you know I think so for them to have knocked it on the head knowing full well that that was the team that was going to be relegated um, was quite brave because straight away they are, and we know now that they're looking to take some sort of legal action, etc., mm. um, to try to try and obviously get out of that. But I can't see how, I can't see how they're going to be able to do that, unfortunately. Um, so it, it did surprise me. I thought they might have taken the view to maybe, um, put, well, null and void the season or just push to try and get it finished. Um mm. Whether that is a bit of sort of, maybe they've made that decision again in conjunction with the government, um, because it is quite um, in the UK at the moment. You know, it's quite a fractured way of dealing with with COVID nineteen. You know, Western Wales are dealing with it different to how they're dealing with it in England and, and Scotland. Mm. They're sort of doing it similar to Wales, I think. Um, whether or not that's had anything to do with it, or like you say, whether or not it is just the matter that, in terms of the costings and in terms of how much it is costing to run the football clubs between now and whenever they can end the season, they just can't do it. Um, that's what they made the decision. Yeah. So it, it, it is probably financial, um, but you know, 
Hearts are obviously going to not be happy about it and are going to launch some sort of appeal, I believe. Yeah, because um, Chris Brack says on, on the chat, uh, can Scottish clubs afford yeah. the cost of testing players and staff with all games behind closed doors? The talk is that testing will cost Premier League's teams around 140,000 um, per team, per game, I presume, it's or per week. Um, and, you know, it's it, it is, it's a hell of a lot of money when you, when you add it up for a Scottish club. If they have, mm. if they have, I think they only had about five or six games left, um, maybe a little yeah, bit they, more but you're, you're looking at more, a million yeah. you're looking at you're looking at a million quid and mm-hmm. this is after being on the back of 10 12 weeks out you know yeah. but um it's 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 just one of those where oh, i don't know could could could, this, could the government have have done something with regards to or did or the sfa done something where they go right listen we mm-hmm. are going to the prize money to make this happen what we're going to do is we're going to put all the prize money into a hat we're going to divide it by 12 and give it to you equally Okay, and yeah. I know people at the top won't be happy with that. But having said that, um, you're losing money anyway, so you might mm-hmm. as well take this hit, and we can get everyone through the season. I don't know if they could have done something like that. Um, Kieran says he um he's heard that the Premier League are playing somewhere in the region of four point two million, uh, for testing for all clubs now at well. the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. It's big but money against it is it is big money. Big but money. when you think about it, um, if they're losing. I don't know if they're losing a yeah. hundred million a team, um, yeah. or somewhere around that for not finishing it. it Four point two million doesn't seem a hell of a lot. You know what I mean? It's it's what is it two hundred grand a team? Uh, yeah. But 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 you know, um, then then when you look to the to the EFL now, the EFL Rick Perry has had a lot to say on this because look, there's been a lot of messing going around with the with the mm. likes of and let it, it, like people people shoot me down for this and say, oh, well, it's not really messing because such and such and such. But there seems to be stuff coming out every day from a certain number of clubs with regards to it was all about safety. Then it was, you know, um, yeah. they can yeah. prove the safety. And then it was, oh, well, we don't want neutral grounds. Well, was it about safety or is it just your safety yeah. with regards to your Premier League position. You know, it all got a little bit strange. I've seen Shawnee there has said on, on the chat that uh, I think it's come out that um, four of the six tested positive are from Watford. Um, and I know Ian Wong from Bournemouth, yeah. the Bournemouth yeah. assistant manager has come out and, and that's being said that he's one of them. But when you look at the EFL and Rick Perry has said that if, if three teams don't go from the championship, um, they will look for legal advice with regards to looking towards the Premier League and saying, why? Uh, league two was gone. Um, yeah. I, is League one gone, or is it still around? I, th- I think they're still around at the moment, but I think they're, they're still around they're the moment. Go in, they're going to go in the same way, I think. Oh, I'd say they will, and again, yeah. it'll come down to TV money. But how did they survive? You know, um, like um, it's being said there. Um, Owen Borker said about Peterborough have said that if it's if it's if it's not finished out, even behind closed doors, they will owe about 800,000 back uh, to TV money. 800,000 for Peterborough. Yeah. You know, yeah. so you can only imagine what Big it money. is as, it goes, as you go further yeah. up the scale. But when you look at the championship, do you feel the championship will get finished behind closed doors? Because I read something today that 24 um, teams had a meeting, I think it was today, yeah. and discussed the the possibility of finishing out the season. I think 23 of them agreed and I think Hull C yeah, uh, wrote, wrote to the EFA or whatever yeah. and said, or the EFL and said, no, we want the null and void it. It is better for those teams, isn't it, to get this done where it's behind, it's behind closed doors because, again, you get a season finished. Your losses are match day but you're going to get your money for the season, you know, gonna, if it's finished. Get, yeah, you're going to get, you know, you could, you could argue and I probably have a good case to argue with the TV companies that um, we're going to get football on. 
you mm-hmm. can show it. Um, it's going to be on the telly. People are going to watch it. So, you know, for example, um, if it's on Sky, I've got Sky Sports. I'm on a, 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 a sort of discounted rate now for Sky Sports because they've, yeah. no, they've got no live sport. But mm-hmm. once football starts up, they're going to go back to charging me the full price. Mm-hmm. Um I can't say to them, well, there's no people in the ground watching the game. Yeah, uh, but they will the use that against the they will use that against the F, um, the Premier League. There's no doubt about it. But, in my opinion, you know, there's no doubt they, about it. Yeah, they, they probably will try. But I mean, at the end of the day, we're paying to watch the best footballers in the world play football. Yeah, you know, um, whether they're playing regardless of surroundings, regardless well. of surroundings. You yeah. know, if if they. You know, we've I've watched games at Highbury on Sky uh, when they was being redeveloped, and they had the the painted. Oh yeah, the team behind the goal. Do you, do you know what I mean? So yeah, it was painted. I, I know yeah. they still have three three stand, stands, but you know, let's be honest, we're play we're going to be paying to watch the football. We, it doesn't mm. matter that there's forty thousand, fifty thousand, or whatever. So um, I think there's an argument to be made there that if we can get the games back on, we'll have our TV money, um, et cetera, et cetera. A person personally, this is my personal thing is I think. Um, all the seasons, all the leagues should just be ended. If all the teams have played the same amount of games, then mm-hmm. I think the season should be ended and everything should be resulted as it is then. So mm-hmm. I know the Premier League, Sheffield United, I think, had a game in hand and that game in hand was against Aston Villa. Yeah, there's, there's so many there's so many teams there that are on um, 20, I think Liverpool yeah, are on. Yeah, I think those two are on 29 games. Everybody else has played 30 yeah, there's, so, a, there's, a, there's, there's, there's four to six teams, I think, on 29 games. So, personally, I would say that the teams that have, uh, need to play games to get it to the equal number, I would get them to play their games, and then mm. I would then end the season after that. So, mm. for example, if Sheffield United had to play Aston Villa, and Aston Villa win, they come out of the relegation zone. If Sheffield United win, they end up in the top four and they qualify for the Champions League. Then that's, mm. you know, everybody's played the same number of games. Yeah. Um, that, the only that's, that's what I think. That's what I think they should do. Yeah, I, I, I look. I, I take that on board. I disagree with it. I'm being honest, and that's the reason. So I heard from my sister's friend's cousin that Coles has the lowest prices of the season, and had to see for myself. For real, the deals are so good. I got my kids' summer tees for five ninety nine, a cute swimsuit for myself for seventeen ninety nine, and a shark vacuum for one ninety nine ninety nine, which will be great after sandy beach days. I got Kohl's cash too, and I got it all in less than an hour with free store pickup. So yeah, summer, I'm ready for you. Select styles ends May 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. I'm proud of being. I was only thinking the other day, um, I think it was West Brom around 2004. Yeah. Brian Robson's in charge of him, right? Yeah. Um, I think Jeff Horsfield's playing for them. His, his name is in my head for some reason, but they're atrocious. They're yeah. a terrible football team. Um, and it's called The Great Escape. I think it still goes down as one of the best escapes in Premier League yeah. history. They do it on the last day of the season, I think, uh, at the Hawthorns. And I'm looking at something like that and I'm saying to myself, yeah, okay, um, Norwich have been, you know, people have liked what Norwich have done this season. I personally haven't because they've conceded a lot. They haven't scored a hell of a lot and they haven't won a lot of games. That's not, that's not how football works. Um, they like to pass the ball, fair enough, but that's what's got them into most of the trouble they're in. Um but I'm looking at, say, maybe not on Norwich, they're on 21 points, I think. But if you look just above them and you say, yeah, whether it's Bournemouth or whether it's Villa or whether mm. whoever has Wofford around there, Brighton around there. But you could look and go, yeah, they look like they could go down. And the argument, 
against Brighton is if you look at the next six fixtures, I'm not surprised they're worried. Um, yeah. because I know they've they've, they've, they've I think they've the top got, six that the whole yeah, play in the next six. They've got they've got a lot of tough games in their last eight. They've got yeah, so you know, there, there could be a team down there that, that go, well, we don't want we're in the relegation zone. If it's not going to be null and void, we don't want the and points per game because we won't get out of this. Mm. You know, it's it's one of those where they go, we could I, go I don't on a think run. there's ever going to be, and that's the thing with football, is that everybody can reference something that is unbelievable that has actually happened. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I think at some, at some point there has to be a, yeah, you could do a West Brom, you know, of course, that could happen. But if, if you went back over, you know, if you pulled over the, the, the history of the Premier League, for example, I'm sure if you looked at the bottom three with eight games to go um, mm. every season, I'm would sure there be much least, change? Would there would there be much change in terms of mm. teams staying up? Um, yeah. You know, you might have the team that finished that was like 16th, went on a good run, tear up towards the end of the season, and got from 16th up to 12th. Okay, they're going to have a little bit of extra. Um, money in the kitty for finishing higher in the league, etc. Um, but is there really going to be, you know, we're not talking about I mean, the tightest other race, I think, apart from the bottom teams getting relegated is, is I think, fourth, f- fifth down, isn't it? I think fifth, sixth and seventh are quite close. Yeah. Well, yeah. ultimately, if they can't finish the Europa League and the UEFA uh, Champions League this season, they might have to just put the same teams in from this season back in next seasons, you know? So we don't know how that's going to pan out. Um, so again, there's never going to be a, a perfect way to finish it because even if they do play it at empty stadiums uh, or neutral grounds or whatever, teams mm. are always going to have because of everything that's something happened, to fall back always on. Always going to have a fall back on and say, "Well, yeah. that, that shouldn't have happened." So it, it's unfortunate for any, t- you know. And I would be saying this if I was a Liverpool supporter, you know, or, or not. Um, as it is, we're sort of 25 points clear or whatever, and it doesn't really matter what happens. You know, but again, conceivably, you could say it's mathematically imp- mathematically possible for Manchester City to overtake us. Mm. But on the balance of probability, are we going to yeah. lose all eight of those games or seven of those games? And are Man City going to win them all? Yeah. No, no, no look, that's not going to happen. But it could. Yeah. They've, they've, they've 10 games left and they need to win them all and we would lose, mm. need to fail to win nearly all our games um, there's a little bit coming in about Watford here um, apparently um, Watford players are refusing to train um, yeah. let me see um, I don't know if that's a complete squad <laughs> are refusing to train or whether that's whether that's Troy Deeney on his own um, I've just lost Jim for a second there um, but just just on I'm just going to chat around this for a little minute um, the, the Watford the Wofford thing, sorry, Jim, you're back there. Um, the, the Wofford refusing to train. I'm not sure if that's a, if someone could just update me on that. Um, Antico was saying it there. Is that is that coming out tonight that they're refusing to train, or is it just the Troydini thing and a couple of players w- on top of them? Um, uh, like I, I know where you're coming from. If you want, mm. if you want to get everyone even, like someone else pointed out, not everyone's played 15 home and 15 away. That's another loophole, and we could go through loopholes. Uh, yeah. Loopholes here all night, like um. Santiago says, well, he can't get his head around. It's the little planning there is by the Premier League itself around a crisis such as this. No plan B, too many low loopholes. It's a mess on all levels. That's a fair point because, yeah. you know, you would think a league would be watertight regardless of what situation was thrown up. You know, absolutely, you know, if World War Three started, what are we going to do? You yeah. know, now, if World War Three started, who gives a shit about football? Um, exactly, you know, yeah. but having said that, 
um, if it was threatened and, and started for a week and then we yeah. kind of go, well, no, it's all right again, lads. What are we going to do? Yeah, I know where he's coming from. Um, it's it's a frustration um, with that. But uh, look, it's 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 all down to money, Jim. And yeah. we can go around, we go around in circles all night, but it all comes down um, to, to, to money. And I get where you're coming from. You know, if everyone's on the same amount of games, the probability of what happening and you can just go, listen, you've all had an even amount of games. Okay, yeah. you might have played some harder teams, but that's just the, the way the cookie crumbles and we're going to end it here. But again, if that happens, you will not see them get their TV money that they that they feel they're entitled to or have received already, as we've discussed. And then they have to go, yeah, I know you're losing next amount of millions a week because you're not playing football. But now we want... Um, we want twenty four percent of that TV money back. Well, I think I think really what 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 needs to happen is um, they need to make the decision about what they're doing. So for and then once the decision has been made, then they go away because all the, don't forget the teams that, that get relegated they all receive um, a parachute payment for I think it's th- two or three years when they go down to the championship, mm-hmm. um, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Now, do the Premier League as an organisation subsidise that? You know, these, this is all something that can happen at a later date. These things don't need to be ratified before they decide to end the league in whichever way, shape or form they want to do it. These are things that will come afterwards because undoubtedly, you know, there's going to be a fallout in whichever whichever decision they make. So if they said now, for example, tomorrow morning, they wake up and they say, listen, we've had these six positive tests back. Okay, it's not all players, but it's some staff. This has now meant that... Um, it, looks like it's, it looks like it's one player at Wofford. Yeah. Um, three staff. Yeah. And Ian Wong from Bournley is number five, and I don't know who number six is. So that's, let's that's let's say judging for example, on the news that's come out to me. Let's say, for example, all, all the Watford players and staff now say, "No, we're not doing it. We're, we're not mm. doing it, and no way, shape, or form are we doing it." Mm. Okay. Burnley might say the same, for example. So say the FA now, or the P, uh, Premier League decide now tomorrow morning to say, right, okay, well, we, we have to scrap all these these dates that we had, push it back again, push it back again. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, you're into July before the players can even go back training. Well, yeah. you're getting to the point there where... <laughs> what, how long do you keep it going? How long do you keep pushing it on and pushing it on and pushing it yeah. on? Um, yeah. They clearly want to be able to start afresh next season with a, draw, a line drawn under this. Um, teams being promoted, teams being relegated, etc. Moving on. So somewhere along the line, somebody's got to stand up, make a decision. Whether it's the chairman of the the Premier League and say, on this date, this is happening. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, I think that's where it's gone. Their hands, and then they sit down with the with the clubs have been affected most from it. So, for example, the three teams that are going to get relegated, and say, we will try and come to some agreement with you financially to support you over the next couple of years, further to the parachute payment. Because obviously the Premier League is a massive organisation. It's got massive money. Whether or not it's going to lose some this season and potentially next season, yeah, yeah. of course it will. But it's, I'm sure that there is some sort of financial way that they could support the clubs that are affected by this. And, and you know, those clubs are going to be the teams that get relegated, unfortunately. You see, what I think is happening here is I think clubs that are in danger of being relegated on the pitch are weighing up the losses they would have if it wasn't played and their TV money losses, okay? Or TV money sponsorships, endorsements, yeah. uh, bonuses, whatever it may be. Because we know, listen, players sign basic wages and then they get 
well, I know Liverpool, a lot of them are on a basic wage and then they have, it's topped up by bonuses, i.e. goals, trophies, yeah. wins, whatever it may be. Clubs are very similar. You know, we know we know with Liverpool, you know, they'd have a bonus if they won the Champions League yeah. from Standard Chartered or Western Union or, or whoever the, the sponsor might be. Uh, Dunkin' Donuts from a couple of years ago, whatever it is, yeah. right? Um, we know that's how it works. I feel that the clubs down there are weighing this up and saying, well, we could lose X amount, okay, and kind of soak that loss up and still be in the Premier League as against playing this out, going down, and okay, you, I, I think I read somewhere it's 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 a huge amount of money you get as parachute payments over two seasons. Yeah, it's massive, but in, yeah. But, but you're in a championship then that's on even reduced money because of what's yeah. gone on. They're weighing this up, and that's what I feel it is. There's too many excuses have come out. Like, don't get me wrong, Troy Deeney has said he doesn't want to go back to training because mm-hmm. he has a young child at home that has breathing mm-hmm. difficulties. And I've seen people say, well, he lives in a big house. That's not the fucking point. No, you can live in Exactly. You can live in as big a house as you want. You can live yeah. in a compound, right? But at the end of the day, are you telling me you're going to go home and go, well, listen, I have to play football, um, so you have to go over and live on that side of the house and you're my five-month-old yeah. son. Now, obviously, he's not going to understand you. No. He's five months old. But... What I'm saying is, I have a four-month-old child. I have mm-hmm. a four-month-old child. If you told me to come home, I don't live in a massive house. But if you told me to come home and, and have no contact with my child because someone's asked me to go to play football, exactly. I would probably go, I, I agree with Troy Deeney. Uh, yeah, genuinely, yeah, I do, yeah. right? But what I'm saying here is, it feels to me, and I get where Troy Deeney's coming from, but there's been too much stuff come out, likes of neutral grounds, um, no relegation, this, this. It's been thrown. It, it seems to be a different topic. Every time one yeah. is, is is knocked down, something else comes up. This testing today is of 786 people. I think there were six positive tests. I think mm. what's happening there is, is that they're putting the responsibility on the clubs now. So what they're saying is, we've tested everyone. We've, we've noted who is positive for this. So Ian Wong won't be around Burnley for two weeks. Yeah. Simple as that, right? Yeah. Rest of Burnley are asked to come in, train in small groups, and there would be a protocol as to how they would carry themselves over the next, whatever it is, eight weeks, nine, ten weeks, okay? Now, it'll be a pain in the arse, don't get me wrong, because if you ask me to do it, I know I'd feel, well, fuck them anyway, I have to do all this. But that's the job you're in, okay? It, they're putting the responsibility on the clubs now to say, well, we we tested it, We've now moved away the people that are positive. They can isolate for two weeks and come back and they'll be tested again. And we're going to continue to do this. And now it's up to you as a Premier League club to make sure that any player or any member of staff that needs to be involved or at any of your games from here to the end of the season are tested constantly and live by these rules. If they test positive and they need to be removed and they infect three other players and they need to be removed. Yeah. That's your call now. That's yeah. it's it's on your head. That's what I feel is happening here. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, they're only going to go so far, and that you know I've seen. I think I saw something tonight that they said they were they were discussing possibly putting the players into um, hotels for for two weeks. You know when they when they're at training um, as well to make sure that when they're getting their fitness up levels for this for the games to start, um, mm-hmm. you know to keep them away from going home and mixing with um, other members of their family, et cetera, anyway, to try and mitigate yeah. some of that. Um, yeah. But again, how sustainable is that? You know, as a footballer, <coughs> are you going to want to go, say, get up in the morning to your wife and your kids and say, oh, by the way, I won't see you now for two weeks. 
Mm. Um, what sort of impact is that going to have on their, their family life, their mental health, uh, their well-being, yeah. so on, etc. You know, are they, I'm guessing they'd have to do that because you know that is the job they're in, like you say. But um, you know, these guys are human beings; they're people as well. Um, so. Yes, they get well paid. Yes, they're in a privileged position, but they're human beings. And, you know, if, if it's not safe for me to go back to work or for you to go back to work, mm. um, you know, should I they be I... expected to purely for our entertainment, really? Yeah, um, no, I, I get that. You know, it's a difficult one. Diff- it's so difficult, Gav. But, but you see, the thing is, um, and this is the reason why I feel like the, the the Premier League or the FA are putting the responsibility onto the clubs now, okay? Because the clubs would be the biggest losers overall um, if if the if money is affected in the way we think it's going to be affected, right? The, this Troidini thing seemed to be a Troidini um, speaking out against the FA or the Premier League or whatever way they want to sort this out. By doing this today, they're trying to show. They're trying to show clubs that this is the safest place you could possibly be. Yeah. Okay. We're going to test constantly. We're going to have, you know, massive protocol in place as to what you have to do on a daily basis, an hourly basis, a weekly basis, wherever it may be. And they're putting it back now and basically going, well, this is now between Troy Deeney and Wofford because we have government guidelines the government have given us with regards to going back and playing. We are putting them in place. We have tested everybody. We are going to have everything in place, whether it's training, um, going to and from training, going to and from games, playing in games, after games, everything else. Now it's between Wofford and Troy Deeney. So Troy Deeney refuses to train. Wofford can't go to the FA and go, well, he's refusing to play. We go, well, he's your player. We have everything in place here. We have everything in place to make it absolutely safe for you to play football, okay, and do your job. That's... Listen, it's devoid. It's a little bit devoid and conquer. That's what I feel like. It's like. Well, I think, I think at the same time, Troy Deeney could have a conversation with Wofford and say, um, "I'm not fit to play or to be considered for selection due to, mm. um, you know, this has caused complete, you know, completely uh, family breakdown at home um, because yeah. you're expecting me to do A, B, and C. So mm. it's affected my my well being, my my mental health, etc. I'm not available for selection." You could, you could quite conceivably do that. And, yeah. you know, you could... The the other side of the coin is, Gav, is that they might have put all these things in place or they might have said, we want you to put all these things in place, but you're relying on the facilities and everything to be put in place by, by clubs. You're relying on outside agencies to come in and put all these things in place. Who's to say that the treatment you're going to get at one club is not going to be as good as you get at another club? You know? Yeah. Um, because lots of clubs are, are going to be better organised um, than others. Um, they're going to have obviously better facilities. They, it's going to be easier for some clubs to, to organise these things than others. So it, it is going to be different. It is going to be difficult for them. Um, but I still think the players, ultimately, they've got to make the decision. that is it, Do they feel it's safe for them to go into work or to go to, go to training and be in those, in those surroundings? Um, and... If not, yeah, it's a matter for the club to sort out. But who the club picks and who they make available, that's that's down to them. It's, it's not going to it's going to fall under a contractual issue. If he says I'm not fit to play or fit to be considered for selection, these are the reasons. Watford, I don't think Watford have really got much of a leg to stand on to say, well, okay, we won't pay you. Um, 
because I, I can't see how he's breaching contact because he's not making something up. He's not. He's not like it's not a discipline I- issue. I wouldn't have thought. So I don't really know where they would go in with that because the PFA are obviously going to be on the player side. I'm guessing. Well, the, trying to look at it from both sides, I think Watford may have a leg to stand on because they would say they could say that look, we're we're providing the safest possible, um, you know, environment for you to do your job in, and you're refusing to do it. Now again, look, but I think because because of his circumstances, I think oh because um, listen, I think in, listen, on that in that individual basis, yeah, I would yeah. suggest yeah, no, and on that, and he could turn around and go, well, listen, um. Rip up my contract. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah, be paid anymore. Yeah. He he could literally ask for a mutual uh, mm. termination of his contract because he feels he cannot provide the the job that he is being asked to do in any circumstance. So rip up my contract. Now, Watford don't want to do that because I don't know what age Troy Deeney is, but I'm sure if Troy Deeney was put on the market in normal circumstances, Watford would probably be looking for 10 to 15 million pounds. Yeah. I, th- I think uh, Troy know, Deeney to them is, is obviously worth more than probably he's, what he's, they get. He's worth more, but... but what they get to, for the transfer fee for him, but yeah. Yeah. Exactly, but if if somebody came along, i.e., I don't know, yeah, Everton or or Crystal <laughs> Palace or somebody along them lines, and said, um, "We we want Troy Deeney," Watford would probably go, "Well, playing was fifteen million quid. Fifteen million quid is not to be sniffed at, especially in today's uh, environment." So you know, they don't want him to. They don't want him to do something mm-hmm. like that. Where they go, well, he's he's, at, he's 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 willing to walk away here. You know the kind of way, and they don't want that happen. I think I think ultimately what it comes down to is is leadership from the top down. So what you're looking at is like like we've said already is somebody who's to step up, who's in charge of the Premier League, and say this is what's happening. Um, you're either going back to play, as in this this is when the league will be starting again, um, subject to if there was another serious uh, spike in in the illnesses, in which case we'd have to, you know. But you have to look at it, like like we've said the figures, the number of people who've been tested the number of people who've come back as positive and what their relationship is to, to the club itself. Are they players? If they're staff, then they can be isolated separately. Not The players don't come into to contact with all the staff. If it was a member of the first team club, squad, then obviously that's a bit different. If, you, if all of a sudden we find out tomorrow that three members of the Watford first team have got it, then you'd probably have to put the whole team into quarantine. Um, yeah. In which case, this is, that's going to cause a massive not implication for going forward because Watford are obviously going to be even further behind the other clubs um, and that's the issue you're going to have going forward with this all the time it's all very well testing all these people it's all very well saying well we're only getting four or five tests coming back from 800 that's brilliant but it depends on who those people are yeah but you know? but then but, the, but this is this is where the FA and, and the Premier League are trying to draw a line under you know dragging it on they're, they're basically they're saying okay you've all been at home um, you've all been self-isolating or you've been staying at home and following protocol from the government and, and whatever else. And what they're saying is now, we are going to provide you with everything you could possibly need to make sure mm. that you will not contact this virus. If you do exactly step by step what we're asking you to do, it will, it will, you know, yeah. it will make a working environment very, very safe for you to go to one um, do your job too and go back to your family and be okay yeah. providing your family aren't out and wandering around the place you know what I mean like it all does depend on that as well like players can do as much as they possibly can clubs can do as much as they possibly can yeah. but listen if I'm a Premier League player and I go to work okay and I go in and I'm 
I give it a test every day and I go out and train in small groups and I do everything and I come home and find my wife or kids are fucking down the supermarket wandering around the place. You know, well, I think that's that's the other thing in there is in, in England at the moment, they can go. They can go, mm. you know, for example, Troy Dean's wife might live in, in Watford, for example, with their kids, but she mm. can jump in the car if she wants to go down to like South End on Sea or whatever for the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. As long as she gets home before bedtime. So, mm. yeah, you, you, you're, you are right, Gav, in what you're saying. You know, they are going to be in a position where they can um, have every everything they need to make sure that they're not going to come into contact with anybody with this mm. illness and all the tests. Nothing's hundred percent safe, is it? That's no, that's the reality of and, the world. Is nothing is hundred percent safe. So you take and a yeah, chance. And you're, you're not relying only on players. You're relying on the people they live with as well, mm. and the people they contact with. So yeah, and you know, like like somebody like Kieran says there yeah uh, a player's miss is going to shopping is more of a danger well I did read that it's actually um, it's actually safer to go and play Premier League football and train with these people well, there's been um, a few Premier League players, players who've been doing plenty of other things oh, well, the yeah, last that's, few weeks that, haven't they yeah yeah, yeah they've been calling uh, calling them um, special yeah. friends to come around to them and stuff like that but it's look Random questions. We always get random questions on this show. If we have about five or six minutes left, if you have any random questions for myself or Jim, throw them in and we'll try answering them before we finish. But Jim, taking it all into account, looking at, like we started mm. there, we started with Holland, with Belgium, France. We, we looked at Spain. We looked at Italy. We looked at the EFL, uh, Scotland and, and for the majority of the Premier League and what way they're going to do it. What way do you think it goes? What way in, in, in your, like put the Liverpool thing aside because look, regardless of what happens, Liverpool will be champions. It's as simple yeah. as that. They're not yeah. going to null and void it. If they do a points per game or a weighted points a game, Liverpool will probably end up around 107 points. Um, if they play it on the pitch, Liverpool will win those two games if they even need to do that. Okay. Mm. Um, and you know, like it's, it, it doesn't matter if what happens, we're a Liverpool thing. It's sort of, sort of thing. So, just taking all that aside and just looking straight down the line as a football fan or look, trying to look from the outside in, I suppose, what way do you see a finishing out? Um, I think they're going to do everything they can to get these games played. Um, rightly or wrongly, um, I think all the games will get played. If everything stays as it is in the world, the, game, the, the games get played as, as, they, as they are at the moment. Um, the games get played, the season ends, We everybody finishes where they finish. I don't think um, the bottom three will change, even if they play the games. I don't think the top four will change. So I think it'll, it'll end up being a bit of um, a, a pointless exercise because I think everything will stay as it is. <laughs> okay. You you just... Uh, but. I, I think it gets I think it gets finished out on the pitch. I'm being honest. Yeah, I think, yeah, it, I think it will get finished on the pitch. Yeah, I, I think it's behind closed doors. I think mm-hmm. they will make it as safe as they possibly can. They will get it done out and then they will they will look to next season and see what they're going to do. But I don't think there'll be a fan in the ground. I'd be very surprised if you see a fan in a ground um, by the end of 2020. I'll, I'll yeah, I agree. I think um, next season doesn't start until October. Um, mm-hmm. And then if there's anybody in, in grounds before sort of February next season um, or next year, should I say, I'll, I'll be amazed. Yeah. Like looking at the Premier League, if they're, if they're looking around the 19th of June, I'm thinking they're probably going to try finish this by the first week in August. Yeah. And then they're probably going to give them a couple of three, four weeks off and start in around the same time the league starts. But then you're probably looking at, 
you know, the whole winter break thing will come up again. And then you have the Euros that's being thrown on top of you. The African nations, I don't know what will happen. I think qualifying was still underway when all this came to a halt. But look, we'll have to wait and see. Um, people are asking random questions and they only want one question asked. I don't know if Jim has been asked this question before, so I'll ask him. So we have a question on this show, Jim, that we ask the most guests. I'm not too sure if you were asked this. It's basically about jumping from one building to another. Um, right. If you Have you been asked it? No, I haven't. No. Okay, brilliant. Uh, that's all we have to, because we've three minutes left and this will fill it <laughs> nicely. So here's the scenario. Uh, two buildings, 50 stories high. They're both flat roofed buildings. Okay. Okay. Um, basically, you know, in the films where you see somebody jump from one building yeah. to another and you're like, geez, how do you do that? I want to know what you feel the maximum gap between those two buildings would be that you could jump. Okay. Now there is a little few bits in here. You can have an incline on one roof to run downhill and jump if you want. You yeah. can run up a hill, little hill if you want. And you've 11 miles of wind helping behind you, which could be crucial. I don't know. Um, no, I don't. answers have ranged from two feet to Trev Downey told us 9.65 meters because he reckoned that was a, a millimeter short. Oh, he record. Yeah, well, he would yeah, because he would, an, aer- yeah. an, aer- an aerodynamic beanie hat on or yeah. something along them lines. But so basically, you have these two buildings and your challenge is to jump as far between those two buildings. What do you reckon it would be? God. Have I got like a cape or anything? Can I have like a cape on, you know, like Batman, you know, uh, well, that, uh, well, uh, to do a bit of base jumping or something like that? Or. I'm not dressing you on the morning no. of this challenge, so you can turn them wherever you want. Because um, in, in Mission Impossible, he does that. Cape, thing, cape is cape is fine. I wouldn't yeah. go full Batman or Robin though on it. All right, okay. You know, um, it's be a so I'm just bit thinking that, that scene in Mission Impossible Three where he does the base jumping. You know when he um, yes. You know, you know, I'm trying to work out. I can't remember the the facts and the figures he used, but he did. There was quite a discrepancy, wasn't there, between the two buildings. Mm. Well, this is these are exactly the same height. They've got to be the same height, are they? Okay. Yeah, and there's like um, how far could uh, I run and jump? That's basically what it comes. That's basically yeah. So how, ba- how far could basically, I run and jump? no, they're big buildings, so you probably have eighty yard run up, sixty yard run up, whatever you want. Who's running for eighty I, yards? I don't and think then I can run sixty yards. That's the trouble. Yeah, yeah. I I'd, I'd be running about twenty feet and going for it. I reckon probably about four foot. I think. Four foot. I think about four foot. Yeah. No more than that. Maybe could I jump as tall as I am high? That's only a meter. You know, meter. Depends. I tell you what, Gav. If there was someone chasing me, like a dog or something okay. like that, I reckon I could probably go about seven or eight foot. Because you okay. have that extra bit of running, don't you? You know, the, the, that fear. You know, when someone's yeah, chasing you. Yeah, the adrenaline. You. Yeah, yeah, you you can always run a bit faster if someone's chasing yeah. you. So I've I never seen probably, someone caught by a dog. Well, hopefully, you know, like see me getting caught by it because I'd be able to jump across the uh, the gap. Yeah. But but then yeah. again, dogs are quite good. I think he'd jump out. Yeah. I think he'd land on the other roof and then you'd be fucked because oh, no, he'd, yeah, he'd have way more that. energy. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, something like yeah, maybe let's say about let's say I'm I'm five foot eight, so probably my my height, so maybe five foot eight inches. There we are. Right, I tell you what, we go six foot two meters. Go on then. Yeah, tie yeah. it up. Okay, Stephen O'Connor says fourteen foot. Stephen O'Connor's reckon. Yeah, I think that's that's outrageous. Um, Keith Keith Plunkett of this parish says a cape is fine, but full costume is weird. The cape scene uh-huh. hasn't hit Dublin City Centre yet, um, but it, it might get here after the COVID. Do, yeah. I'm, I'm um, literally just just thinking purely, um, you know, Daddy, Batman. I've seen him do it, so if I had something like that one, that'd be fine. Keith Plunkett reckons a twenty foot minimum. Um, twenty mad. foot. Uh, uh, there you go, twenty foot minimum. Um, and then Danny Emery says, "Someone chasing me like a dog. A dog isn't someone. Yeah, <laughs> no, but, you know what he means. Yeah, um, something chased him like a dog. Something, um, something like a dog. <laughs> the dog. The dog shout isn't bad. 
the dog shows. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think, I think he's, nothing was chasing you. I think you, you know, you you could go as far as you wanted. Mm, like like Andy from this podcast wanted a fire exit, a fire escape on the other side of the building because he feels that if that's on it, it takes away the distance you have to jump because he could grab onto that on the side. But like that's ridiculous. You're not jumping yeah. then. You're just you're just falling and hanging onto a bit of steel off exactly. the, side of the building. Yeah. Um, so, Stu well, Max says Stu Max says it depends who built it. Gav, I wouldn't trust the Tory built. The no, ledge would give way. Um, yeah. But there you go. Um, but look, I, I don't know if the cape would work because you've eleven miles an hour with you. You put that cape out, it's just going to flatten it back into your back. That's if it was true. against, if the wind was against you, it might get under the cape. And because planes take off into the wind and they land into the wind, don't they? So the cape might be better for into the wind rather than wind behind you. Maybe I'll take it with me in a bag just to see what the weather scope conditions the, are like. Scope, scope it out. And scope then if, the if, situation yeah, out, yeah. If, if, if the oh. weather situation allowed it, I'd stick it on. But yeah, okay. probably, yeah, I think, I think six, six foot. Probably okay, well, I'm going to put you on the leaderboard at six foot. Go Some on, people yeah. will will um will will be giving you a round of applause, um for that. Some people will be disgusted. I'm a little bit in the middle. I think six foot is is decent, uh, especially when you have fifty stories high. It, it's not as easy when you have fifty stories high. That's no. just my opinion. I mean, yeah, you know, I can't can't cope with Keith. Obviously, twenty 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 you know, feet. I can't. Yeah, I know. But yeah. listen, I think Keith. That's Keith. He's smoking <laughs> something special. I think. To be honest with you. Um. All right. Well, look. That has been a brilliant hour. Um, I've enjoyed it from start to finish. Uh, we've, I think we've we've basically sorted out the COVID-19 and what league should do and what they shouldn't do. And if they need any advice, they know where we are. Um, that has been the Fatback for Daily. Uh, Jim, thanks a million. And yeah, cheers, to have you back very on. Very good soon. to be back on. Thanks very much for having me. Good stuff. Um, we'll definitely have you back on again soon. That's been it. Talk to you in a bit. Over and out. Attention Social Security and SSI recipients. If you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents, you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the IRS and claim the recovery rebate credit. Go to ssa.gov EIP to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits, like the child tax credit. That's ssa.gov EIP. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. When you get a ticket for not wearing your seatbelt, it comes from the police. And from your mother. And your best friend. And your family. We want you to buckle up every trip, every time. Three out of four people ejected from a vehicle in a crash will die. If you won't do it for yourself, do it for us. We like having you around. Click it or ticket. A message from the Michigan Office of Highway Safety Planning. Podcast Network.